You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, it's Russ from My Hammers 11. I hope you're all safe and well. If you're new to the channel, obviously, please consider subscribing and hitting the bell icon so you're notified of any time we put new content on. We've got interviews going up daily, sometimes twice, three times a day. Um, we've got so many guests. Everyone's been so generous with their time. Uh, and we've got fans all over the world interviewing all over the world about their memories of West Ham, including today's guest. He is Chris Miles. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm all right. Thank you. How are you getting on? Yeah, not bad, thank you. How are you? How are you surviving in this in this strange new world we live in? It's okay, to be honest. I've been lucky because I can work from home. I've been yeah. a lot luckier than most people. So I've been able to work from home. I've had to go in two or three times to an office with no people. So I've been lucky. Yeah, yeah I suppose nowadays yeah, it's, not too bad. it's like, you know, if we were in this situation 15, 20 years ago, we'd all be buggered, really. Um now because no one would have had the internet you know it's like we'd have dial oh, phones and having to play snake instead of watching netflix and mm-hmm. stuff like that but uh um, my job is it so it's been oh. um it's been busier than normal so well and this is a nice break because i've got about seven or eight zooms today and this will be the most interesting i'm sure exactly that's what everyone's saying it's like oh another zoom call but it's talking about west ham so it's okay mm-hmm. and that's the idea of this as you said you know a lot of people are at home now got, obviously most people are at home um haven't got a lot of time we've got no football live football maybe a few weeks time we might have some who knows um mm-hmm. you know hopefully fingers crossed um but it's given us a time to sort of look back and sort of think sort of about about you know bygone eras and, and players that yeah, we have yeah. loved and forgot and stuff like that that's the whole that's all we normally have to look back on anyway though is it as west ham supports yeah we can't look we, the there's past. nothing to look for now yeah exactly <laughs> and that's particularly so true with lots of people i'm interviewing because they're from like the older generation i mean i started mm-hmm. my my career fans was like 92 the season we went up um and so you know i haven't had the you know, I've had a you know FA Cup final and a few an Intertoto mm-hmm. Cup. I forgot about the Intertoto Cup, oh, obviously. Silverware, yep. silverware, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, we moved up north. That cup was and um, took it up with us spiritually as well. <laughs> and so yeah, so we haven't had much to much to laugh about. So, but you know, listen to people like you know Jackie and people like that. Jackie's like been a fan since the mid sixties. So you know, she had like 
you know, some great stories. And that's what it is. It's all about stories. It's not mm-hmm. that the football seems to play almost like a, a second role yeah. um, in these yeah, interviews. It's more that. about the, the fan, mm-hmm. the stories and the connections we've got. And so for you, Gary, what was your, what was your Chris. West Ham <laughs> journey? You know, sorry, get Chris. Sorry. I've been talking to all your mates. That's why. Sorry, Chris. Um, so for Chris, you know, your journey, West Ham journey, where did it begin? Where was your sort of earliest memory? Well, so I'm from Upminster and born in 65, so real glory hunting days. Yes. But the first, I've, I've been to games before, but I can't really remember them. But the first one I can really, really remember is 72 against Liverpool. Yeah, wow. Uh, and that was at Upton Park. And to be honest, and this, this isn't great, again, this is typical of West Ham, I suppose, is I probably knew more of the Liverpool players than I'd have known the West Ham players. Yeah. But, and, and that included Bobby Moore, you know, but it was, that was in the days of Toshak and... Keegan and so on, and Emlyn Hughes and those kind of um, Liverpool players. So they were on the TV every day, and um, that was interesting. We, we, we did get beaten on that, so um, nothing amazing. But possibly a more memorable one was the first away game I did on my own. Yeah, sure. Which was, by this time, our family had moved to Wales, and I went to Swansea City in 83 on my own with um, a couple of Cardiff City mates, who, as you can imagine, were... Essex boys for that one moment exactly, in time. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And that, that was, um, that was, that was, it was a day that I, I actually um, pulled my ankle on the terrace just walking down. <laughs> but it was a 5-1 defeat for, um, for, for Swansea, so it was, um, it was well worth it. Oh, and it, was a, it was an absolutely brilliant game. And it was in those days where you were still in a cage, effectively, in the away end. Mm. And, you know, there's only about 10,000 at the fetch. You know, it's, it's a small ground. But it was, it was, we were like monkeys in a cage, you know, people were just, just jumping up, you know, from the opposition. It was the real days of absolute madness. And um, we took the bus back to Cardiff, you know, all trying to put on Welsh accents just to hide again, which, uh, <laughs> which was, that was probably the more memorable of the two. But yeah. the Liverpool game was, you know, for a little kid then, what was I then, about seven years old? That was a real, you know, that was the first, wow, you know, yeah. amazing game. Yeah, and especially when you, you, not to see, yeah, obviously you saw like West Ham, but as you said, because like Emily Hughes and people like that had been on the telly, Mm -hmm. it was like, wow, you know, these are actually footballers, you know, I've seen them on Question of Sport, but look at them now, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. uh, no, it's really, really sweet. And obviously since then, so obviously, you know, say, you know, early 70s onwards, you know, what would you say, was there any sort of things that really stick out in your mind as, as sort of fond memories in your West Ham fan career? Well, for us, the other one then was the FA Cup in 75, because yeah. um, that, I, I watched that with a load of people in Barry, which is, you know, home of Barry Island, of Gavin and Stacey Barry. And I watched that in the YMCA on, on a 26-inch colour TV. And all of a sudden, because Fulham were the underdogs for that game, if you remember. Yeah. So most neutrals were supporting Fulham, but of course I was stuck at the YM because I'd been doing judo in the morning. So then I, my dad could put me up to the afternoon, so he said, well, stay there and watch the game. And yeah. by the time we finished, of course, there, there was no other people that were neutral. So I was, you know, all, everybody turned on to the West Ham side. And that was a heck of a game. And it was weird because, of course, Bobby Moore wasn't playing for us. No. And that was weird. But that, that is probably in the 70s uh, a real memory. And then the other one was watched in Cardiff in a... Um, sort of a, a pub which we were sort of allowed to go into as, as you know, what was it then, 15-year-olds? Yeah. And that was, the, um, that was the FA Cup against Arsenal. And we held on a long time. And I remember yeah. I was just like, 
I was had in my hands the whole <laughs> whole game from you know yeah. it was the middle of the first half or a bit earlier than that and we just held on and you know when Paul Allen got cropped cropped and by battered Young. by Willie Young it was just like honestly I've, I've my blood pressure has never dropped back yeah. since but those are the those are the memories that you have yeah. certainly yeah exactly and 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 you know i mean you know you're you're an upminster boy i'm i live in hornchurch so any down, any down the road um mm-hmm. and, and yeah that you, you sort of like you you almost indoctored into being some sort of either a west ham fan or, or a tottenham fan really in that in that sort of mm-hmm. in that sort of region but uh you know i can see it yeah and obviously yeah it's the memories isn't it you said it's you you went particularly away game to car to swansea it was you and a couple of mates in the pub it was you and a couple of mates ymca you and everyone and that's oh, yeah, small numbers yeah it's yeah. all it's all it's all just like communities and obviously you know you it, mm-hmm. And that's what's coming through every interview. And it's so nice to hear all that type of stuff. The changes when... to the ground were quite major as well, though, because yeah. the ground is, the ground evolved so much over those years. You know, like my dad and I would normally be, you know, in, in to, to, to be honest, it, it, we didn't have season tickets, so we we, te- we tended to get a, a mate of ours, um, or a mate of my dad's, who would always give us his spare ones. Yeah. So we'd we'd always end up um, sort of in some weird sort of place, swapped with somebody. But watching the way it all changed over the years, especially into the 90s when the season came in. Yes. That's something that remembers. And because you've got that history, that, mm. that it's, it's, and, and you've got those memories, that the new place is weird still. Mm. Because people say, oh, yeah, but Upton Park's not what it was. But, it's, it, it, you, but if you've seen every single change, it's, um, it's been very strange to leave it. Yeah. It's, yeah I remember yeah. When, when pillars got taken away and... You can remember different things being painted, and you know we all remember the porter cabins and all that kind of thing. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, but, yeah, the, club, well, the club and, shop and the smells, the smells down Green Street as well. You know, of all the sellers, which I know you're getting all football grounds. You know, we get it now, but it's um, those are the no. bigger memories you get. Yeah, I know what you mean, and and yeah, it's true. I mean, you know, for someone in, in your generation, we'll say, we'll say, uh, we'll say, Chris, in your generation, I mean, you've got yeah, I mean, you've seen the involvement. You saw the involvement of Upton Park from uh, a terrace all the mm. way and like oh, right. new yeah. grounds new air new so you really saw almost like a you know meccano set really it was like you know lego mm. you, you upgraded certain areas and stuff but um the lego yeah. towers were funny because um yeah yeah, yeah. I, when i went to, I, the first time i saw them the um they'd been in for about three home games yeah. i remember coming up and going oh those are really actually quite nice <laughs> and oh my god the the, the rip from people <laughs> that overheard what I said, and I still like them even to this day. Yeah, they were so sort of imposing, um, weren't they? But I absolutely got ripped for liking them. I just because I heard they were so bad, and then we went up there, and, and you know, it's a long wait to get from Cardiff up to Upton Park. You know, about five hours. Yeah. And when I looked at it and, and came in, I went, "Wow!" You know, all the glass and all that kind of thing. I thought, "Wow, this is like Old Trafford." Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, it was quite. I mean, I, I thought it was quite imposing, wasn't it? It, it, it gave a face to that sort of that yeah, bit, you know. Yeah, in a in a West End kind of way. He's like, you yeah, know, like you it. get it's to get the towers in. That's what we do, isn't it? We have a, you know, it's yeah. a little bit, a little bit sort of, uh, you know, spit and store dust. Try, you know, try. Yeah, but that's, exactly. but that's that is the West End way, you know. So sort of it's mm-hmm. it's not, you know, we're not we don't appear to be anything else and i think that was even more so at the old ground you know because it it was falling apart bless her you know she had seen better days and you know it was i mean you know i mean everyone everyone has different opinions for me i was always for the move because it mm-hmm. from an intra- infrastructure 
you know, perspective. I, uh, you know, I, I had a tape deck at Upton Park and I still had one until about, mm-hmm. about three or four, about four years until we left. So that's sort of early 2000, I still, you know, 2009, 2010, still had a tape deck. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, but it's, yeah, as you said, if, it's, if the team win, no one, no one cares about the stadiums. You know, it's, it's uh, no, no, about the team. And that's the same as like with the fans in terms of being a, a good atmosphere and stuff. Anyway, let's 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 go on and talk about your your eleven, Chris, because um, I imagine you've probably got about a million emails to get back to and Zoom meetings afterwards. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. so into as I said, we try and keep it to a four four two if we can. Um, okay. the, the only real hard and fast rule is you have to be alive to a scene and play. Now, obviously, from where oh, you right. are, you've got quite a nice spread. Um, so I couldn't put Yeah, in, I'm quite thankful. You yeah. are. I, I can't put in Bobby Moore. I can put in Javier Margas or someone like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so the idea being is that that's the spread. And it's your 11. So you can talk about whoever you want. It doesn't have to be the best players. It doesn't have to be the worst players. It could be just mm-hmm. your favourite players, you know, your cult heroes. It doesn't really matter, to be honest, Chris. It's people that made some sort of impact on you and your West Ham sort of life really to be honest so in terms of the the chris 11 who would be between the sticks well the, the criteria for this um i had a good thing about this this morning is really the players that i just liked yeah as people yeah so not necessarily the best footballers but the ones that had a bit of an impact and you, you just like them because they were west ham players so between the sticks um this changed over the period of the 70s you know i had three keepers that i really remember yeah. Um, but the, the one that ended up being my favourite was definitely Phil Parks. Parks, yeah. And I, this is, he's going to be a really popular one. And, and yeah. the reason for that is I've met, met him a couple of times. Um, he's just um, very down to earth. He answers the questions, you know, like um, that, that you've asked him, you know, to, to all the other people on the tours. He's just really honest and down to earth. And but as a player, you know, he was always hovering at that on that England, yes. you know. And you just thought it was the first time that we'd had that because our previous players hadn't. You know, Mervyn Day had, was also similar, you know, was just not getting those kind of England plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Park sort of was really, um, you know, you just used to watch some of the saves that he used to bring out and the way that he'd work with the defenders as well. You know, just felt that they were part of a team. Yeah. So, I yeah, Phil Parks by yeah. quite a long way, I would say. Um, uh, you know, you've got to look at some of the recent keepers we've had. You know, they're gr- mm. great characters, you know, like Adrian. And, you know, um, I, th- I think sometimes um, the character side is important for a goalkeeper. Because, mm. mm. you know, I go to most of the away games and they are the ones that you are behind all the time. So the keeper yeah. is, is an important, important thing. And funnily enough, I only saw Phil Parks probably two or three times on a, away. Mm. Mainly during the 80s, I didn't do many away games. Um, living up in Manchester by that time, but he would be definitely number one, yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good shot. Yeah, and he, it's such an imposing man, wasn't he? You see, yeah, I can't remember who it was. Someone who was chatting, it might be Sam Delaney or something who was talking. And, and, you know, you don't get that sort of brute of a goalkeeper. You know, he was like a wall, wasn't he? Whereas now you get, I don't know, De Gea is quite. You know, he could easily get pushed off a ball in a challenge. You know, you don't even Fabianski. You know, he's not. Think, though. Yeah, he's not. He's, he's not actually bigger than you think because I've been up doing quite a lot of Old Trafford games. So hey, often yeah. you look at him, you go, bloody, he's actually quite. Um, he's quite I'm svelte. He's quite svelte, though, isn't he? He looks. Yeah, he looks like. Quick. Yeah, and and the, sort of the, the 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 general sort of mould of a goalkeeper has, has changed. You mm-hmm. know, even you know, Shilton, he was quite a big lad. You know, he was like yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and it seems that you know we've got this sort of more athletic sort of build now. But Phil Parks was just so like 
domineering. Mm-hmm. Just, especially with the hair as well. It's, you know, it's just absolutely massive. Mm-hmm. Right, we'll put Parks in. Let's go, let's go left back. Who do we have left back in for the Chris 11? Oh, this is a difficult one. Well, um, <laughs> Fra- Frank Lampard, I always um, had a lot of time for when I was a kid, um, and especially at that Swansea game. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to put, because um, who I read, I, I'm not sure if I ever saw, I certainly don't remember seeing John Charles play. But it's probably I did. So I'm going to use that as my get-out. And I think the legacy that he gave us um, was quite immense. And I read a lot about him a couple of years ago yeah. from, from the club website. And that's stuck in my memory. So John Charles, from that point of view, and mm. that, that was a massive legacy because I don't think, especially with all you know, the crap that's coming out of America at the moment, mm. we, we just don't appreciate. No. You know, we just cannot appreciate what those guys went through in those days. No. Although having said that, we still see some of it even nowadays. We do, but sadly. I think, I think yeah. John Charles definitely, you know, and, and again, I, I don't remember seeing him, so he's a little bit of, um, I'm on dodgy ground, but <laughs> I definitely overlapped him yeah. by about six years, but from, from all accounts. Oh, that's okay. Right? So, yeah, he, he's well, someone he, like John he Charles, that one slide. Chris, don't mm-hmm. worry about that. For, it would, no problem at all. Yeah, as you said, yeah, the legacy, he, I, I, think, I think he's somewhat been sort of overshadowed if that makes sense you know it doesn't I think you know that's what's going I mean I to be perfectly honest didn't know hardly anything about John Charles until I started talking to people from a certain era and then you start reading up a lot about him you go actually yeah this guy was needs a, a lot more credit than maybe has been documented now yeah, you know, obviously definitely, yeah. and so well, it was a couple of years ago on the club website I remember it was, it, yeah it was a couple of years or two or three years ago and I went oh wow you know because I remember the name being the name was quite a lot, and um, he, he died. Um, and he was there was a couple of TV things about him. Um, oh God, twenty years ago, possibly. Mm. And it, it all came back, and I thought, no, that that definitely needs a mention. Yeah, definitely. All right, John Charles would put him at left back. Who's going to go? Uh, who's going to go right back? We'll go the other side. Oh, you're going to laugh at this. Right. <clears throat> we used to do a lot of holidays in France in the um, mid two thousands to the late. Yeah. And um, my little kid Hugh used to wear a West Ham top all the time, and so a lot of French people would talk about West Ham and Julien Faubert. And it, as a result of that player, we made friends with an awful lot of French people <laughs> on these holidays. It was a brilliant talking point, and especially when he went on loan to Real Madrid. Yeah. And um, at that point, we were in um, we'd gone on holiday to a place um, in in near La Manga, down where all the footballers go in um, yeah. Spain. Yeah. And that was a talking point again. So I'm going to put Julian Faubert. And I, quite liked, I actually liked it, the guy as well. Yeah. I, I, I liked a lot of his play, um, you know, with, with, with a bit of a smile, obviously, said yeah. for some of that, because he could make some absolute shoppers. Yeah. But um, I liked it. You know, I thought he was a West Ham player. Yeah. But because of those holidays... Um, <laughs> Julian Faubert for, uh, for uh, right back sitting where I think where he plays. Right yeah, back. no, I love it. No, and also, I mean, you know, he, yeah, he. I think he was unfortunate because he he came with a fanfare and then he sort of got in, came injured, didn't he? And mm. uh, and it's like any player who, who relies on pace. As soon as their hammy goes or whatever, you know, yeah, they're not the same, mm-hmm. the same player. And mm-hmm. and this, and I think again, someone one of one of the other guests was talking about Faubert and the story about how he got to Real Madrid because wasn't it Ramos was the manager? Yeah, um, and I only read about that properly a few years ago. As yeah, well. brilliant. And because he because Julian played two really good games against Tottenham, he went, "Oh, I love him." <laughs> so, that's what I saw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> but I put Julian in, uh, put Foe Bear in at uh, right back. Let's go centre backs then, Chris. Mm-hmm. Who's your first centre back? Well, it's got to be Bobby Moore. Yeah, yeah. You thought privilege enough. You know, without, without any doubt. And, and I think that the one thing to say as a kid, you know, born in 65, you know, and, and this is real glory hunting years for West Ham United. Yeah. And then to see, you, you know, when I was when I was five and the World Cup was on and you had all the um, the shell coin selections and all that kind of thing and the the, the coin you wanted and the, and the sticker you wanted was Bobby Moore yeah and that was the same for everybody the guy was an absolute legend as a player and you know you've always got you learn more and more about these guys much later on in, in the yeah. internet era when you can get the, the clips of these guys again. But um, there's nothing else to be said. You know, it would no. be most people's choice, I'm sure. Exactly, as you said. We should and, be proud uh, of that exactly, and, and honoured enough, you know, privileged enough to obviously see him play. So therefore, he's in your team. You know, it's yeah, nailed on. So you know, the seeing him play, um, you know, the Liverpool game, I do remember um, him playing in that because you know he was I probably only recognised about three of our players in that game, but he was obviously one of them with Frank Lampard tied up with as well. Yeah, but the, the play was. Brilliant, and um, there's another player that I'll come back to in a minute because there's a, another really obvious one. But it's the same kind of intelligent, really intelligent play, and you, he'd he'd make it today. Yeah, oh, def- oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. And I think actually, if anything more, he'd be. It it would. I think today's game would suit him more, to be perfectly honest, because mm-hmm. it seemed it's more about you know there was a pit. You know, he was he was like a cultured ball playing centre back, and actually mm-hmm. that's what. England's crying out for now and West Ham you know it's that consistent yeah, ball party you know it's calming influence you don't get the mm-hmm. the the razor ruddocks and you know and and the, the sort of the, the big the big lads and sends mm-hmm. back anymore again it's it's more athletic and it's more about the, the passing oh, definitely mm-hmm. right, we'll put more in who's more going to partner then in the centre backs uh was well, another n- another sort of personal one this is uh, James Collins Ginge Ginge yeah Right, obviously the character. So the, the character there, you know, this guy is totally West Ham through and through. Yeah. Played for us twice. Um, and there's a bit of a family connection because my brother ended up being born down in Wales. Total Cardiff City, season ticket holder. His whole family is Cardiff City. And so um, and West Ham is his second team. Good. You know, <laughs> I've got to be honest. And he's just so... Ginger's always um, a topic of conversation. And he's met him a few times, you know, when they've been down in Wales training camp. Yeah. And uh, but the guy's brilliant, you know, and he's, um, you know, everybody knows what it's like with away games when he's there. He's always coming over. He's, he's just a, a proper character. Yeah. Um, and that, that's what makes you really, you know, you link with a team because you're either born there or you've got some other connection. But it's the players and it's the players with a, a real personality. Oh, yeah, you're right. we, we are losing that. And those players with personalities are what make you interested in it. It's like watching a TV programme. You're mm. interested in it because the characters, not because mm. of just the storyline no you're right totally and I, I think that's that's a that's a general observation of the game itself and it, it the characters um you don't get characters anymore now in football it, it's so professional and they're all they're it's a professional. Yeah. exactly and so they're so professional that mm-hmm. they don't you don't get that anymore now so it's like you know we were talking i was talking to uh I can't remember. That's really important. I think with John Black actually in Vegas, and he was saying he had like Monk. I think he had Moncur in his team or someone like that. Mm. And that was the last sort of era I can think of that there were characters at West Ham mm. or in general. You know, you, you don't hear the stories of of players hazing other players in mm. dressing rooms because they're probably mm. a they probably sue them for 
you know, bullying oh, or whatever there. And it's that that's what people love. They love mm-hmm. to be entertained. Mm-hmm. West Ham fans don't necessarily we know we're not gonna win every game, but we want to be entertained, as you said. And so it's it's that characters that that, that we sort of and it's the same in all sports as well. We're seeing you know right. whether it's cricket or Formula One or anything, um, it, it, the characters are going out because the games yeah. are more very all of the games are professions. Yeah, tennis. Tennis, tennis is the main one, isn't it? You don't get the Mackinrows and Jimmy Collins. Yeah, exactly. You get Andy Bless him and, and Djokovic. Super players, all that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean Ronnie O'Sullivan's an exception to the rule, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Yeah. So and, and again, he sticks out. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing, you, you know, mm-hmm. where before you could say Higgins, Jimmy White, like yeah, yeah. reel them mm-hmm. off. You can't do that anymore now. Uh, great. Okay. Love you stuff. Ginger's in. Uh, let's go left wing. Who should we have on the left wing then, Chris? Uh, Joe Cole for me. Yeah, Joey Cole. And I, have, I don't think I've seen as a skillful player for West Ham. In, it's, it's a hard bar. We've got some amazing mm-hmm. skillful players, mm-hmm. but... Some of the moves I saw from that kid, as he was at a time, have been absolutely unbelievable. And for England, and um, you know, gutted he didn't play for us at the peak. Um, no. and there were so many players we didn't have at the peak. Yes. You know, you know whether it's Carricks and Rio Ferdinands and all those kind of characters. But you know, honestly, uh, Joe Cole, some of, some of the skill that that guy used to do, it was um, it was real. You know, yeah. Spanish. You know. Brazilian kind of stuff. It was, yeah. And it seemed to get suppressed after he left us. To be yes, honest. exactly, uh, yeah. But I would definitely put Joe Cole in there. Um, yeah, no, I agree, yeah. totally. And I think he did, you're right, he did get suppressed when he went to Chelsea. You know, he's put on the wing at Chelsea in England, you know, and, and you know, arguably his most, I'd say his most creative bit was when it was his first stint at West Ham. You know, coming mm-hmm. through from the academy, you remember the 90, the FA Cup Youth Cup final, he was doing, yeah, he was in the final doing twirls and stuff around players. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. And then when he came and did it, he did it, you know, and again, it's, a, I think it's a faction of, of the, of the game, how it's changed. You don't get those free role players anymore. No, you've got to be safe. Position. Exactly. It's safety first, really. Yeah, absolutely. Where, where Harry was different, you know, Harry, you know, it's everyone, you know, some people don't like him, some people love him, but he's, his brand of football was different like that. It was. Well, he was, uh, he, he wasn't, um, he, he wasn't an Allardyce in which he, he no. wouldn't punish mistakes in the same way, say, an Allardyce would. Yeah. But and that would allow them to be more creative. But that you know that made us more leaky. You know, it so it did. So it was, it was it exactly, exactly. And and I don't and you know some I think some people some managers have got the balance right. Um, mm-hmm. But still, as you said, it's. Yeah, I mean, someone like Klopp, you know, obviously he has the balance right, it seems, in terms of a strong defence and a very creative attack. He's got and the they, money for it as well, yeah. And they got the money for it, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, needs must. Right, okay, we'll put Joey in. Uh, let's go with the right wing then, Chris. Who's oh, I found right? this one very difficult. Oh, good. Yeah, this, this, this one was a tough one. So, I went back to the one again, which um, players that could have made it. And it, it, this, just, this guy just came up in a conversation last week, and it's Jack Collison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he, he was, and you know, you're talking about injuries changing, changing a player. You know, he had it, and I, I think the time he came out and he played after his dad died. Um, you know, a lot of us have been through that kind of thing, and mm. it was um, that was a stunning thing. You know, absolutely stunning thing to see that. And again, since he's been a player with us, again, he's a character, and um, you know, he's carried on having links to us. And yeah. um, you know, I, one of one of the games I really enjoyed him was an away against Stoke a few years ago, which is when um, Carroll and, um, oh God, I forgot his name, Shawcross had a bit of a, um, bit of a judo match together. And, you know, Collison scored in that game, um, or set the goal up, I should say. Um, absolutely brilliant, you know. The, yeah. And you just see these bits of skill and you think, if only, if only 
Yeah, unfortunately, that's that's all too familiar for West Ham, particularly in the modern mm-hmm. era, isn't it? It's the if yeah. onlys. Yeah, I mean, Jack, and he's such a lovely guy as well. Uh, so I don't know if it's like a best eleven, but these are the kind of players you, no, that sort of like great, just saw. And that's and that's what's great yeah. about it. It's not. It's not. You know, these. I think we've had about 120 names um, across. 51 you're the 51st interview we've had so um you know there's there's people who always shine you know in people's minds but based on your time reference people like jack they get a recognition you know obviously joe you know some people you know and that's what i love about it you know different stories and jack is exactly that he was he is west ham through and through and he's doing a great job over atlanta and he obviously he, he trained with he did the kids for a while here and obviously did the kids at peterborough the youth teams there and uh He's the type of person you want back in the club, you know, mm-hmm. all these types of things. So uh, clever player as well. He's yeah, really he was. He's a really good player. Okay, so we'll put Jack in. Uh, right, who should we have in the centre midfield? Who's your first centre midfielder? Uh, I'm going to go for my probable, you know, favourite player of all time is going to be Trevor Brooking. Yeah. So you can imagine. Well, the the age is absolutely. He covered all that all of that period where sure. I saw him coming into the team. Um, for, well, on a full time level. Um, and then I saw him drop out, and I saw you know what an amazingly clever bloke reading the game. Yeah. Um, you know, he just um, I don't know. It's just in, in in every way, there's there's very little you can say about that hasn't been said about Brooking. You know, but the one thing I thought is that he was just never used as he could have been in say the England setup. Sure. Yeah. yeah totally. And you know, again, you know, you had injuries and. Um, just before, I think it was, um, yeah, the 80, 80 World Cup in Spain, yeah. where, of course, he came on at that game late with um, Keegan, 20 yeah. minutes, to, and the difference they made. Mm. But that happened, you know, that was with us as well. And, um, no, he, he was um, that the, the bridge between the West Ham of the glory years and, you know, up into the 80s and um, nearly, nearly to the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Um, but an absolute club legend in every way, and for England as well. Yeah, totally, totally. And, 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 you know, and I think it was a point that a few people made, you know, he had, you know, what he was doing with a ball, you know, at that time of the year, that time of sort of the world, so to speak, in terms of the pitches and the, and the heavy boots and heavy balls. And on, on, a, on a London stadium bowling green, it would have been incredible yeah it'd be interesting to see yeah yeah i'd love to see yeah because it's like all these guys they were doing it on bogs of pitches and yeah. vice versa you know i'd love to see i'd love to see you know the pyets of this generation play on those boggy pitches uh in the mm-hmm. 70s and see what and, and the boots and the ball and see what they can mm-hmm. do as well and uh you can yeah, the head as well in the 80 cup final yeah it's got to yeah. be a massive massive um you know that 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 was huge you yeah. know it really was you know it was so unexpected yeah, yeah. And, no, and I really never saw the way that came in. And, you know, it was just absolutely brilliant. And of all the, you know, it was at that time when he was at his peak and that's when you wanted him to nail it and he absolutely nailed it. And yeah, uh, yeah brilliant. And still, uh, still a record that, that holds true today, you know, being the, the last team outside the top flight to win the FA Cup. So yeah. mm-hmm. it's not bad, 20 years on. Or is it 20 yeah, years? No, 40 years. So four, four years on, sorry. God, I forgot how old I was then. Yeah, yeah, uh, 40 years on. Yeah, so it's, uh, no, it's brilliant. Okay, who's, who's Trevor going to partner in the midfield then? Well, same criteria again. It's going to be Mark Noble. Yep. And I think with, with Noble, um, I think you, we are seeing with Mark the, the, the last of the, um, the traditional West Ham players. Yeah. And I think that's a massive shame. Shame. So I, I would, I would keep him in the um, 
team at the expense of our performance. So I'm totally biased, you know. So, but I, th- I think last season, you know, without you know, and, and the stats speak for themselves. Yeah, our record with him playing is worse, is better than when he is not playing. Yeah. And there's no two ways on it. Yeah, he makes the odd mistake, but and I, I, it's frustrating when you you listen to people sort of wanting him to release the ball when you mm. look at the other, you know, nine, ten players, none of them can take it. None of them can receive it often. And he dilly-dallies on the ball because nobody's in space. Mm. Nobody's Good. got a chance of running into space. And I think he, he sometimes, um, you know, he thinks too much because of that. Yeah. But it what's he going to do? Time. Just release it and give it away. And um, he's, I, get, I think he gets a bad, a bad press because of that. But on the other hand, he's um, even if he was wrong, I'd want him in the team. So. Exactly. No, it's true. He's got. And he, yeah, as you said, it's like it, it, he'll be the last. And I think again, across in the Premier League, he'll be one of the last. I mean, isn't he the longest-serving Premier League player or something like that at the moment? Well, um, certainly for one club. Yeah, I think in terms of, of, of live players um, in yeah. the Premier League, he's, he's the longest serving Premier League player. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I mean, it was a stat, I think Tony Gale did it on our, on our interview. And it was something like when he was playing at West Ham, there was 10 testimonials in succession, uh, mm-hmm. testimonial years, including his at the end, obviously. Um, and that's something you don't get in the modern game now. No, absolutely. Well, look at us with managers. You know, we could count our managers on one hand for yeah. for a long, long time until um, you know probably Frank McAvenny, and then after that, it started to get a bit quicker. But yeah, yeah, yeah. the, the uh, managers we had were just so far and few between. It's it was um, unbelievable. It wasn't Frank McAvenny? I can't remember the name. Yeah, no, uh, Lou Lou Macari. Thank you. Yeah. yeah sorry. <laughs> if if I if I corrected you, Chris, some probably Kent Hammers or someone on the YouTube, they always they always I'm just looking at this Scottish um, <laughs> blonde locks, thinking, oh, well, he wasn't the manager, you idiot. <laughs> oh God, could you imagine Macca being the being a manager? It'd be interesting at West Ham. Um, yeah. But managers yeah, that could have been. Managers that could have been. McAvenny, De Canio, you know, really well yeah, off. But, um, no, it'd be interesting. But no, uh, no, I agree. It, it, it's, a, it's a thing of the modern game, isn't it? You know, you don't, if you get three years out of a player or a manager, you've done well. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's a very unusual thing, you know, to happen. But uh, yeah, Mark, as you said, I think he's one of a, of a dying breed of footballers who are stayed mm-hmm. for, you know, over, over 10 years now. You know, I, I, I can think of, in, in modern day, I can think of Mark Noble's testimonial. I can think of Vincent yeah. Company's testimonial for Man City oh, and, mm-hmm. and Carragher. And maybe mm-hmm. Gary Neville, and that's the, that's the only ones I can think of where mm-hmm. there was a. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gary Neville's. I've, I've heard of that. I've, but yeah, the you know the Mark Noble testimonial was um, for many many reasons a very special day for amazing, an awful lot it? of people. It's amazing. It was amazing. It was like it yeah, was a perfect. It was almost like Mark was meant to be a West Ham player and make his debut. Mm-hmm. Ten years, it's almost fate, wasn't it? Ten years ago, you know, just so then he could have his testimonial. Oh, the whole park. timing of all, the it whole of that season was just bizarre. You know, everything was yeah. bizarre about the whole season. It was as if it had been written. Yeah, the, the stars had aligned completely, wasn't it? That it's, set it's, us up. It does, and it very rarely happens to West Ham that in that situation, particularly in the modern mm-hmm. era. Right, okay, let's go. Let's go up front then, Chris. Who's your first striker? Right, um, I've got three, and I need to whittle them down. Well, I'm, based on the testimonial, then I'm going to go with Dean Ashton. Yeah, Dino. Because that that overhead kick and the um, the thunderous earthquake it <laughs> as he hit the deck. Um, yeah, D, Dean Ashton definitely. Same same thing again. The play that could have been could have been. Yeah. 
but oh wow, you know, seeing those games in the uh, mid 2000s that he was involved in, um, you know, when he was playing, you know, we're talking everything from 2006 FA Cup all the way through to when he got injured, mm. when he came back and he got crooked again, then he came back and you saw that, oh, just it was heartbreaking, heartbreaking to see yeah. what happened. But what an amazing player. And yeah, we probably wouldn't have had him for more than a couple of seasons. No, no. What an absolute legend of a player for yeah. us. Um, so I would definitely have him as my um, main striker. Um, and, you know, he's kept links with the club and yeah, yes, comments yes. about us and everything, which is great. Yeah, always, always very, always has very good words to say about West Ham and stuff. Yeah. And, um, and well, the, fans. the second one is tough. I'm looking at what I've written with one <laughs> of these two. I think from just a West Ham level, oh, I'm going to say Tony Cotty. Yeah, TC. Yeah, because and it's it's very because I think he was a player that did fulfil practically every potential he had, and I, I wouldn't say I wept, but leaving for Everton, oh. there were there there was something in your eye that day, Chris. That was the so, that you know we missed out on it again just as he was getting to the top, and um, yeah, yeah Cotty, I would definitely say is, is that. Um, I want to mention for Craig Bellamy though. Yeah, good shout. Because he um, had a bit of stick when he left to Man City. Um, yeah. And we, you know, who knows what the reasons were, but I've heard Craig Bellamy say personally that he did not want to leave West Ham United. Mm. And, um, you know, he said that many, many times, book and everything. Mm. And I think, um, you know, he's one of these guys, you know, he had operations on his knees and everything. Um it's just another example of a player. What could have been? But, what could have been? Um, and 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 yeah, I mean, you know, he was him and Ashton. What could have been? You know, potentially they that yeah. that was the idea, wasn't it? You know, the because you know after you had obviously Cotty and McAvenny, you had Hearts and Kitson. It could have been Ashton and Bellamy. I think in terms mm-hmm. of that, at, well, we had Zabala at the same time as well. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. Yeah, Bob, as, as, as three strikers to choose from in that period. That was pretty good, but but Cotty, I've got to say, had he's got the longevity as well for a striker. Around, right, yeah. You know, when he was in the box, everybody stood up. You know, there was something something usually happened. Sure, exactly. So I, think, I think I think Cotty's got to get he's got to get that. Yeah, no, I agree, I agree, and that and that and you've got the, you've got the big man, small man up front. You know, it's, it's sort of a modern day big man, but yeah, no, is that, and that, that, as you said, that 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 sort of does the team quite nicely, uh, Chris. I mean, I think. That's a, that's a good one I might do is I might do a what could have been 11. I might do yeah, that on a yeah. Sunday because I think that'd be quite funny. You know, go back and look, you know, Joe Hart, what could have been if he was like, if mm-hmm. Joe Hart was the player that, that, you know, that he was originally, you know, rather when he came to us and stuff like mm-hmm. that. No, brilliant. No, we lost, the, we, we, you know, we, we, th- this is going back also to, you know, things like the academy days and everything, you yeah. know, and, and nurturing. It's, we've lost that. So, you know, we are just like in any other club, we buy a player in when they're practically formed. And it's, um, it's a real shame because a lot of those players on that list we saw from a low yeah. level, you know, yeah. on a young level. And to see them coming through or read about them coming through as well has, has been, um, you know, unbelievable. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, well, there's I mean, so many players that you, you miss out on, you know, when I used to see, you know, Jeff Hurst and those kind of guys, you know, that, you know, you know their history. Yeah. You know, you've read about it, you know, in the case of Jeff Hurst, sort of towards the end of his career, but, um, you know, the Clyde Bests and everything, you know, these are guys that were, um, the history's there, isn't it? Oh, totally. And, and I mean, yeah, I mean, someone like Joe Cole, you knew about him from about the age of 13 or something yeah. like that, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, Lampard, you know, Lampard Jr. as well, you know, the, yeah. it's, um, the, you, you saw them developing and some of the play that we have, those players was, um, it's close on world class. 
what could have been what could have yeah. been that crop if if mm-hmm. they'd all stayed together you know we would have hopefully it would have emulated i'd imagine the, the 85 86 season with that if you had that crop in it in their prime oh, de- definitely yeah I'm not sure my top 11 would have been able to play, um, well, Preston would have been able to play together, having said that. That's not the point. That's not the point. (laughs) Chris, it's been absolutely great chatting to you. Thank you so much for the time. I can see you put a lot of work into it as well. And that's what I love. You know, you've been typing up and making last minute changes and things like that. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, And obviously... Uh, thank you. Emails. It's better doing emails. Yeah, it's, it's a welcome distraction at the moment, which That's is lovely. He's no, brilliant. I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. Uh, and obviously, thank you to everyone for watching. Uh, you know, like, share, subscribe. Um, you know what to do. Until the next one, for me and Chris, take care and stay safe, everyone. Take care. Bye bye. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.